questions? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this special Around the Pool edition of Hitting the Marks for Sunday, September 24th, 2017. On the special edition of Hitting the Marks, it's our No Mercy preview show. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to tell you that this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world, talking creative, the business aspects of professional wrestling, and of course, giving our unsolicited opinions. You can contact the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks, drop us an email at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. Join alongside your Huckleberry, RBV. Rick, welcome to your show. It's me, it's me, it's RBV, Rick Vickery. I'm especially excited for this episode here because we're doing something pretty special that, that others don't do out there. We're not just going to run down the matches. We're not going to tell you what we think WWE is going to do. We're going to give them what the hell we would do, man. Exactly. So here's a quick rundown of what we're going to do here today. Uh, we've all heard the stories of Vince and the booking committee sitting around the pool making pitches to Vince for how they think that the show should go down. So what we're going to do over the next hour or so is make our pitches to Vince and the creative team of how we would book tomorrow's show. Uh, the card is already established, so we won't be making any changes to the card itself, uh, but rather how we would book the already solid card if Vince called Rick and I up, put us on a plane to Stanford, and the three of us were sitting around the pool. So let's get into some No Mercy. Let's get things kicked off with the pre-show. Uh, Rick, okay, let's get into it. Rick, are you ready to uh, walk with Elias, or have you officially pledged your support to Titus Worldwide? Walking, walking with Elias. Shut up, Cole. Put your hands down. <laughs> well, what do you got here, man? What are you, what are you thinking? So, so starting the show off, we have Apollo Crews with Titus O'Neil versus Elias. So I would open the show with Elias singing a song about how much Los Angeles is the worst city in the world. How no city has destroyed itself and reinvented itself over the course of his lifetime more than Los Angeles. From musical icons such as Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses, playing at the Rainbow and the Whiskey, to what has become a haven for the mediocrity that is the likes of Taylor Swift and Nickelback, and much like its musical relevance, Los Angeles will no longer be relevant in 20 years. Enter Titus Worldwide. That's it. Can we get like the title there of Elias' song, like, Why Don't You Fall Into the Ocean? <laughs> I'm loving it, pal. I'm loving it. You know, when he, might, when he comes out there, he might gain a lot of fans uh, with your Midwest conservative types going out there and bashing the, uh, the snowflakes in California, right in the heart of it all. So Titus goes off on his little spiel about how Los Angeles is the greatest city in the world. From its unprecedented rule of the music industry to the Lakers once again reclaiming their relevance, I mean, after all, we are in the Staples Center. Two NFL teams moving to Los Angeles. The Kings possibly winning the Stanley Cup this season, but we all know as Blackhawk fans that that's a rib. But the last I knew, both these guys were heels, so it works. The Dodgers' incredible run this season, and surely the upcoming World Series champs. And then he introduces some new members of Titus Worldwide. And you bring in NWA, MC Ren, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, LeVar Ball, Jonathan Quick of the LA Kings, Yasiel Puig of the Dodgers, 
and Apollo Crews, and the seven of them beat the shit out of Elias. Oh, you're putting, you're putting the music man down here, huh? We're getting a, we're getting a big uh, bunch of cameos and a little excitement to, to jumpstart the free show there, huh? Exactly. You got to start it off hot. Bring in all the celebrities. I mean, it's Staples Center. Nobody cares about Apollo Crews versus Elias Sampson. I like it. I, I don't have much change there. You know, I, I will be completely honest with you. I was sitting here doing my a little run sheet, my notes and all that. I was going off of the Jefferson and discussions with Pickham sheet that I put up. And when I posted that, this match wasn't announced yet, but so I kind of spaced on it there. But I, I love your direction there. I can't argue it. That's going down on the paper. That's what we're sending the best. Solidify Apollo Crews as a, as a heel aligned with Titus Worldwide. And then you could even have Jimmy Iovine come out and offer Elias a record contract. Firmly turn Elias babyface and we can all walk with Elias. Celebrities galore, just like WrestleMania. That's going to be a theme throughout the show. Stamp it. I guess I'll also I could add here too on the pre-show. I know WWE, we're working with them right now. We've got a great production crew, but I'd like to cut back a little bit on the video packages and let the talent do some talking in the pre-show to try to drum up some interest in all the matches that we have coming up instead of just our two big marquee matches. Well, because you know they're going to show the video packages during the show itself. Yeah, it's about by the time the night ends, you do not need to see Johnson Roman Reigns package five five or six times. Do you let Cena bury Roman on the mic again? No. We're, we're, we're past that. We're done talking now. The grab dick, the insult, those are over. We're getting ready to rumble, man. It's time to scrap so are you ready to move to the main card? Let's get it going. Which rundown did you want to use? Did you want to use my rundown or did you want to use your rundown? Because there was a little bit of a change in, in how we each thought this show was going to be formatted as far as the rundown of matches. We can use yours as a, as a guiding point. And if, if I have something I need to move, I'm open for moving matches around. Just kind of in my booking strategy here. I do have that first one that I, that I need to open, but we'll go with you right now. What match did you have opening the show? I was going to open it up. I want to get some energy going in that arena. I'm going to open it up with uh, Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor. See, and I, I thought the same thing that I wanted to start off hot. I opened the show with Neville and Enzo. So you have Enzo coming out first with his spiel. My, my only issue there is so often do we see when these cruisers get the cruiser match comes out, people are just sitting on their hands. See, and I used uh, Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor as a cool down match later. I just don't think that match is that important. I think they shoved that. I, I've got, I've got something card. brewing in my mind here to really well, have a program well, that's going that's really to energize one of these talents. Hmm. Okay, well, let's let's go ahead and let's do Balor and Wyatt. 
so you can give your pitch for the start of the show. I'm going to open it up. Our, our entire thing here has been based around Ben is just a man. There's a man behind that pain. He's just a man. So we're going to have, Ben's going to come out first. We're going to get that big, that big pop from the crowd. They're going to be singing along with him. Getting, you know, he's got that entrance that everyone gets involved with. We've got the man out there. Ben Ballard, the man, waiting in the ring. The lights go off. The fireflies are out. The arena's lit up. But we get a little bit of a different entrance from Bray. As he comes out, the camera kind of pans in on him. And now Bray has made up in almost like a, a maybe compared a little bit to Rosemary from Impact Wrestling. That he, oh, so you're going to put the pain on, under the on Wyatt this time. Wyatt has the pain on, and in this match, it's going to become pretty clear that he is channeling Sister Abigail. Much like Finn okay. channels the demon. Okay, I'm with you. One, this puts the rest all the nonsense talk that I always hear that Sister Abigail needs to be a physical being on the program. And I've always, I've always stood by it. If she's going to be anything on television, it has to be an alter ego to break himself. And I'm going to use you are obviously way more invested in Bray Wyatt, and I am obviously way more invested in Finn I am Bay. going to, in, in, in my strategy, I'm going to invest in Bray tonight. I want some, some wicked ass face paint on him, change his mannerisms a little bit, and although Finn puts up a little bit of a fight, I would have Bray going over. I go the other way. I buried this show... Uh, midway on the card, I actually have it between uh, the Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose versus the bar and the women's championship match. This is nothing more than a filler match to me. Man versus man, I don't really care. Uh, Wyatt took out Balor on TV. Demon Balor took out Wyatt at SummerSlam. All I want is this feud to finally end. Um... The only thing that I would do is, like I said, I'm way more invested in Finn Balor. So I would have Wyatt come out first and have Wyatt standing in the ring yelling, bring me the man, bring me the man, bring him to my world. And then have the demon Balor music hit and have regular Balor, Fonz Balor, just appear behind Wyatt. So you have the regular Finn playing the mind games with Wyatt to kick off the match. I have Balor going over in the end, 12 minutes, 54 seconds, two and a half stars, typical cooldown match, come and go. Balor wins this feud. It's over. Move along. Okay, we got our first disagreement. So our listeners out there can sound off. Let us know where they stand. Let us know which match you'd rather see. Hit us on Facebook, Hitting the Marks. All right, what have we got next? Well, now let's go to how I was going to start off the show. I would have started the show off with Neville versus Enzo. Uh, Enzo making his ring entrance fire up the crowd as everybody reminds us that you can't teach that. Enzo does his spiel and, of course, talks for at least three minutes too long. 
Have you ever tried to talk about something for three minutes straight? It's surprisingly longer than you would imagine. I give Neville a special entrance tonight. I give Neville a full-on Game of Thrones entrance. Make Neville look even more menacing and, and pissed off than usual. Neville makes his way to the ring. You would think that he'd be kind of happy-go-lucky, thinking that he's going to have an easy night, but he's not. He's completely focused. Not even waiting for introductions, Neville jumps Enzo and begins to just beat the crap out of him. After about six minutes or so of just Neville just beating the shit out of Enzo, Neville lays him out, drags Enzo over to the corner, goes up for the red arrow just like he did on Raw. Enzo rolls out of the way, rolls up Neville. One, two, three. Oh my God, Enzo Amore is the cruiserweight champion and the burial of 205 Live is complete. Match time, eight minutes and 12 seconds, two stars. Enzo, your new cruiserweight champ. I really dig your, your entrance there, Neville. And everything in me wanted to go with Enzo winning this thing because the guy has got some star power. People are drawn to him. But I've seen that dwindling quite a bit in the last couple of weeks, especially that move to 205. I just can't. I can't convince myself to put that title on him. Neville's been so good, so good. Unless we're going to finally move Neville off of 205, get his ass over to SmackDown, let him feud with AJ Styles for the remainder of the year before Styles gets one up I'd love that. for his WrestleMania run. I would love that. So at this one, yeah, I could be convinced. Let's put it on Enzo. Let's give him a chance with it. Let's shake it up a little bit. As long as we got Neville getting ready to, to move to SmackDown. I'm down for that. I'm down for a Neville move to SmackDown. That would be right, sweet. So we'll put Enzo over in, in a not-so-convincing We're going to put Enzo over. We're going to put – yeah, Neville gets 99% of the offense. The only thing that beats Neville is he misses the red arrow. Enzo rolls him up, gets the win. And then you can have that cool visual, too, you know, of Enzo going into the crowd, doing his little, I don't know, dance. I think if if Enzo goes into the crowd, he's going to get beer thrown at him. I I, I think Enzo is Vince will love it. Vince will love it. So now let's go to the tag match. Two-thirds of the shield versus the bar. I know on the show uh, this week, Rick, you were saying that you're really, really digging the bar. Do they reclaim the championship titles here tonight? Well, I would have this match going out second. Be the first in my in my lineup. Here, be the first of our title defenses for mine as well. Second match. Man, I, I've really been digging the bar, but I I believe I'm firmly behind that movement that they need to keep Rollins and Ambrose steamrolling for, for a little while here. Like, I have something good with those two instead of just kind of getting lost in that single shuffle. I agree. I think uh, Ambrose and Rollins have to retain here. I would tease a little bit of dissension between Ambrose and Rollins, but I think it's far, far too soon to split them up, especially with how I have uh, one of the co-main events booked here tonight. Uh, but the one thing that I would do, like, I agree with you. I would have this as the second match. And I would have this be an amazing match, but I would have Corey Graves just beside himself that Enzo is the new cruiserweight champion throughout the entire match. 
just have Corey crying about it. I guess in here too, I'd have protect it. the bar. With, as you mentioned on the as you mentioned on the show this week, that Sheamus is possibly leaving for a movie. Well, I have this match going 17 minutes and 31 seconds and being a three-star match. I think this is going to be a solid 50-50 booked match. I think both teams go over strong. Plus, I can maybe to protect, you could also have some kind of injury angle there for Sheamus to kind of give up the, sort of give up the loss to the bar. Well, that, that, that actually plays into uh, my finish of the match then. Uh, after a solid 15 minutes of in-ring action, I would have the former Shield members find a way to retain over the bar. Then I would have the arena go black and enter the Authors of Pain with Paul Ellering. AOP lay waste to not only the Shield brothers, but also to the bar, and the two monsters stand tall over all four men with the Raw Tag Team titles held high. And it seems as though we have some new challengers to the Shield. And some, some much-needed firepower. In that division. Yeah, and I think authors of pain are ready. They're 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 gonna sink or swim at this point. Just put them over strong, and don't make the same mistake that you made with the ascension. Sounds good to me, man. You're coming out, you're coming with a lot of firepower, a lot of highs coming out on this show. First few matches for you. All right, what we got next here? Well. Next on the card for me, I had the Finn Balor-Bray Wyatt match. Uh, and then after that, I had the Women's Championship match. What did you have as the third match on the well, show? My third, my third match there would have been my cruiserweight. Okay, so we were just flipped yeah. on the cruiserweight and the Balor-Wyatt match. Do you go to the women's match uh, then? No, actually, I actually had the Intercontinental in there, but let's talk women's match. So I, let's talk I, the women's stuff match. Isn't so important right now where it goes out. There's a lot of debate over who's going to win this match. And I know that you and I are, are different. Um, who do you got going over and how? Well, I had a good conversation last night about this with one of our uh, good friends, Aaron Strutsky, or uh, the genetic milkshake as he refers to himself. And we through the conversation. We came up with a pretty good game plan. We are going to put over Emma. You're going to put over Emma. Give me the logic to this one. I've really enjoyed it. I want to play into you know, that she hasn't been showing up, and I want to use that to, to her advantage, especially maybe during the pre-show where it's all about she's out, she's out thinking everybody. She was the one that started this. She's ahead of everyone. She's just she's smarter than the other competitors there. I also think it would be kind of funny if during the pre-show when you got whoever sitting there trying to interview her, she's just on her phone, and as they ask a question, she tweets the answer, and then it's showing up, the tweet's showing up on the screen. She's not talking, she's just tweeting her answer right there. Oh, that's good. I like that. I do like that. And to help her steal a victory here, I'm going to reintroduce Dana Brooke. Ah. Why not just put Dana Brooke in the match? Ah, it's a six-pack challenge all of a sudden. I, I want a little bit of a surprise there, and I think there's two. Uh, they're good together. That's when they were at their best, when they were working together. I agree. I agree. That's when they were both at their best. And if there's a possibility 
that she comes up an early program for Asta, she's going to need a little extra firepower backing her up in that little two-on-one scenario. See, I also have some debuts in my scenario. Um, number one, I would have the four horsewomen of the UFC at ringside. Uh, at the beginning of the match, I would have everybody take a powder with the exception of Nia Jax. Just have everybody run away from Nia. Sasha and Bailey go over and start messing with the four horsewomen of the UFC. Rousey and Baszler knock them both out. You're down to a triple threat. All of a sudden, Alexa Bliss is like, you know what? Screw this. I'm entitled a one-on-one -on -one rematch. She's out of here. You're down to Emma versus Nia Jax. One-on-one -on -one for the women's championship. Emma turns around, sees Nia Jax. Nia Jax yells, boo. Emma falls over. Nia Jax pins her. That's the end of the match. Nia Jax is your new women's champion. Three I, I'm just cringe thinking of Nia with that title. Just, well, the only reason so to put Nia Jax... Nope. The only reason to put Nia Jax over is she is a monster. Uh, in all seriousness, I would have Nia Jax going over in this match. 17 minutes and 28 seconds. I would make it a feature match on the show. Um, the reason that you put Nia over is after the match, I would have Asuka come walking out onto the stage, arm in a sling, somebody hand her a mic and say, even with one arm behind my back in a pantsuit, nobody is ready for Asuka. And make it clear, Asuka's taken the title from the monster. I toured with an idea of before the big match intro that the lights kind of cut a little bit and they run that video that's been irritating the hell out of you for Asuka though. But I think in that setting, it's going to have a more eerie tone. It kind of spooked everyone before that match. Maybe you move that to afterwards when a new champion is standing there. I think if you're going to start building the horsewomen angle for Survivor Series, that takes out Sasha and Bailey immediately because they're already involved in that angle. And there's so much, I don't there's so much in this division, actually for both women's divisions, that hangs on what's that's what's hanging on that going match. on with that program. Yep. I think whoever comes out of this match is going to be feuding with Asuka. That's why I put Nia over. Because she's the only one that's believable that she can even begin to think that she can get the better part of Asuka. And that's just because of her size. And then you tell the story of Asuka slaying the demon. Okay, well, we got, you got cameos and, and Nia. And I've got Emma shocking the world and reforming her alliance with, with Dana. I do like your idea, though. I do like your idea. If we can get Dana, Brooke, and Emma back. Yeah, together, I, and I think I'm what really sets that. it off is that pre-show segment that I had, you know, where she's just tweeting everything and it's just popping up on the screen. She's not even talking directly to the family viewer. And please bring back the thing where Dana Brooke pets people on the top of the head. Like, they're, oh, you're so cute. I always thought that was tremendous. Uh, let's move on to Miz and Jason Jordan for the Intercontinental Championship. Who do you got going over in this one? Uh, I, I Are we in agreement so. or no? We both have the Miz, correct? Yep, we He's both got the Miz going over. Not the time to take this belt. Not the, not the time too to take this act. belt off of the too Miz. Too good right of a champ. Now. And especially if you're going to build to 
a Kurt Angle versus Miz program. Miz has to retain. Post-match, I don't have Miz celebrating in the ring. Grab the title, kind of doing the backpedaling, you know, I survived. I'm the champ as he's exiting up the ramp. I survived. I mean, this story is more about Jason Jordan than it is about the Miz. This is going to be how do they treat Jason Jordan losing again? Or is this going to be the breaking point where he tries to cheat and it's still go that route. I would have a very emotional Jason Jordan in the ring afterwards. Breaking down. So this isn't the breaking point. This is just breaking, real close to the down breaking down in the point. ring yeah. on his knees. You know, maybe kind of just a little bit on the map, but where he's almost damn near tears. Have him just dominate the match and Miz sneaks one out. And then I just want to see him distraught in the back and have Kurt come in, try to comfort him and have Jordan be like, no, I'm tired of losing. Yeah. I, I, it's nice that I'm having great matches, but I'm that's, tired that's of losing. Have him show so much emotion or maybe get a sense that he's going to break, but, but not really give us, you know, any overwhelming evidence that that's the direction. I have this as the second best match on the card. Uh, I have it at three and a half stars, 23 minutes and 18 seconds. Miz retains still your intercontinental champion. We're to the big boys now, aren't we? We're to the dual main events here. Um, well, number one, I have Roman Reigns and John Cena next with Lesnar and Strowman as the true main event. Do we agree yes, on that? I'm going sixth on my main card. And with the, the two monsters that are going to just beat the living shit out of one another to close out the night. Yep, yep, that's where I'm at too. Um, go ahead and make your pitch for uh, Roman Reigns versus John Cena, and then I will make my pitch. My pitch will be very quick. I think I know where you're going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give these guys quite a bit of time. You know, they haven't done anything to wow me physically yet in this in this feud. It's all been talked. How long do you give? How long do you give this match bell to bell? I could see falling anywhere between that 17, 20 minute mark. 17, 20 minutes. around in there. Okay. I want to see these guys okay. finally go at it. They haven't done it. It's been a verbal back and forth game of grab dick. I'm ready for them to throw down, do something to, to shut me up essentially from all the bitching I've been doing about this program. In the end, I'm going with the big dog. It's his yard. How good do you think this match is going to be? G give it a star rating if you had to guess. I'm going to say it falls in that four-star range. Four stars. I, uh, I completely disagree on all accounts. I have this as a one-star match. I have it going two minutes and 14 seconds. John Cena absolutely crushes Roman Reigns. Like he said on TV, this one's a cakewalk. Monday, I have Roman come out on Raw and say, you know what? I'm not the guy. I'm tired of being the company man. I'm tired of you fans. The hell with all of this shit. And become the Samoan badass that we expect Roman Reigns to be and go full on heel turn. This is the time. 
Because there's no money in Roman Reigns as a babyface now. Cena's destroyed it. Everything that he said about Roman Reigns is true. Everything Roman Reigns said is a lie. It's time to just embrace it and go full-on Samoan badass with Roman Reigns. I haven't get to that, that position, but I want to do it through a victory. You know, maybe here at their mercy, he uses some underhanded tactics to get that win. Or play, you know, I think he has to be humbled first. I think, I he, think he has turn. to be humbled. And the only way to do that is a squash match for John Cena. I think he takes it to the next level with his He comes out that next night on Raw. Except for weeks, I played John Cena's game. He wanted this little back and forth verbal dispute. I pandered to you assholes in the crowd. I'm done doing that. This is my art. We're doing things my way now. I'm the ass kicker. Get used to it. you got to live with this now. It's going to be interesting to see how this match goes down. Very interesting to see how this match goes down. If this match goes down with Roman Reigns beating John Cena and John Cena raising Roman Reigns' hand in the middle of the ring as a show, you've earned my respect, kid. And look, you've earned the respect of all these fans, too. Them fans in Los Angeles are going to shit all over it. My head might explode if I see an ending like that. Seriously, after after I think that's what they're going to do. I think, in all seriousness, if I if this was a prediction show, that's what I think they're going to do. I think that's the wrong thing to do. I think it they're going to get shit on. It didn't work when Rock did it with Roman, and it ain't going to work when Cena does it. Kind of goes back to a hit or miss segment that we did a couple episodes ago about current and ex-superstars and legends, you know, intentionally putting Roman over, letting us know how good he is, how hard he works, how dedicated. This is going to be that just right up in your face, just spitting on us with it. The thing with Roman Reigns, it's I, I like Roman Reigns. I just think he's terribly miscast. Turn him into a Samoan badass who doesn't give a fuck and let him go for a year or two years not giving a fuck until it finally leads to Dean and Seth being in such dire needs that Roman has to be the one to come and bail them out and you finally get your shield reunion. That'll be the moment when heel Roman turns into badass good guy Roman that you've been trying to shove down our goddamn throats for three fucking years. Just do it the right way. Do it the right way. It sounds like in the match we both want to get to the same the same destination with Roman, but we've just got different different plans how to get there. Different travel routes. Agreed. Agreed. But regardless, we need badass Roman Reigns. Please. Speaking of some badasses, Speaking of two badasses, Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman. Again, this is how we would do it, not necessarily our predictive views. Who do you got going over and how, Rick? I think one thing we each agreed agreed upon as we talked about this in the last couple of episodes, last, last couple of weeks, it's almost not does Brock win, but how does he escape this thing? And I'm sticking with that, with that philosophy. 
So I have Brock going over. I've said in recent recent weeks that I envision a, a, just a brutal battle back and forth where Gron eventually starts getting that, that upper hand. He's really taking it to him. You know, there's still no doubt in the, in the Lions fans. This is Bron's time. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Hayman's going to get in there, set, make the ultimate sacrifice, take a huge bump. And just that, that small window of opportunity is going to be just enough for Lesnar to take advantage of it. Big F5. Bron's down. He goes through for the pin. One, two. Bron. This is my performance change here. One, two. Bron kicks out. Holy shit, he, he can't put him away. Braun's going to do this. I'm going to go all the way back to my opening match on my card. Lights are going to go down. And here again we have a Bray Wyatt channeling Sister Abigail. And Sister Abigail is calling Braun to come home. Come home, come home. And in that moment... Brock does capitalize, gets another F5, and gets the pin. So you're already building to a potential Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, WrestleMania moment. That's correct. I'm going to start laying some groundwork for it. I like that. I like that. Um, I'm going to make the argument that Braun Strowman goes over here. Um, it's really, really hard to do this, but... I. This is assuming that Brock Lesnar is taking the winner off, which we have heard rumors of. Go ahead, put the title on Strowman. You have now badass Roman Reigns, who takes the title off of Strowman at Royal Rumble, and you still get Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. It's just Roman as the defending champion going into WrestleMania. That's, that's my assumption going into this match. I have everything that you said basically go down exactly the same way. I have this match going 16 minutes and 41 seconds, bell to bell, four and a quarter stars. I think this is just going to be an absolutely brutal match, and they are going to tear the Staples Center apart. In the end, Brock Lesnar turns into Sami Zayn. Braun hits him with the power slam. Brock kicks out at two. Hits him with another power slam. Brock kicks out at two. Puts him through a table. Brock kicks out at two. Until finally, Brock doesn't kick out anymore. And the monster among men takes the title. Enter badass Roman Reigns. And you get this beginning of Braun and Roman going forward. Brock takes some time off. Until eventually you get to your Roman and Brock Lesnar main event at WrestleMania. I could actually see kind of twisting our ideas together there. Now possibly you have the Wyatt chairman sister Abigail to doesn't come in and screw over Braun, but assist him in actually getting that win. Where he kind of holds it over that I, I'm still here. I you know we still control you. We control your death. So you have Braun as you have Braun as the champion, but Bray as the puppet master controlling the monster. And then you can you can ride that to Ride them together then, for a couple Eventually, months. whose title is it? Whose title you is ride it? Ride that for a little while to the Rumble, and then then switch. Yeah, you could ride that then to switch, the Rumble. You know, then have those two part ways, and then really heat up a WrestleMania between those four. 
See, my problem is in my scenario, I think I would have to have Brock Lesnar win the Royal Rumble, which I'm not necessarily opposed to Brock winning a Rumble. But I also have on SmackDown AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. And if I'm going to get to that match, one of them has to win the Rumble. Well, with, with Brock being gone, and especially if he, you know, somehow gets screwed out of this match and loses that title, he does have, you know, he does have that automatic rematch clause. He's mad. He can just come back after any chance he wants. But I, regardless, I wouldn't have Strowman hold this title for very long. Strowman's going to be a transitional champion. Like I, like I said uh, on the show last week, you know, I, I can see Braun Strowman as an Undertaker-like character going forward. I, I did some looking up. Taker was only champion like three times. None of my great memories of Undertaker are him with the champion. Well, that's what it was, you know, especially in those, in those early, early You know, years. Taker was a badass. He didn't need the fucking title. Strowman's going to be that way, too. He's not going to need the title. When he wants it, he'll come for it. But he doesn't need and it. That's why Vince always saw it, that Taker was just an attractor in himself, that he didn't need to be part of that main event or title pictures. But I could see them putting the title on Strowman to get the title to Roman going into WrestleMania. Especially if you have badass Roman Reigns who doesn't give a shit. Well, then if you also want to set up, you know, you can still have when your SmackDown participants win the Rumble. And you got badass Roman Reigns set up in, in your idea that he, he might just call out Lesnar. Hey, I'm the champ. Well, I would have Roman. I would have Roman probably taking the title off of Strowman at the Rumble. Then you come out the next week or so, and you know he's saying, "You know what? I'm the badass. I'm the champ. Give me Brock at Mania." It's gonna get to the match that the two men that beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania are gonna face each other at WrestleMania. I mean, that's gonna be the story. In the location where Taker was first beaten. Yep, in New Orleans. So that's it. That's how uh, we would write the show. Let's do a rundown just to remind everybody of what we would have each real quick. And then I would you know, invite people to give us comments after what actually goes down to let us know quite possibly which, which they would enjoy more. Who did it better? So you had Neville retaining. I had Enzo taking the Cruiserweight title. Uh, we both had Ambrose and Rollins retaining over the bar. Uh you had Wyatt winning. I had Balor winning. Uh, you had Emma going over in the women's match. Uh, I had Nia going over. Uh, we both agree that Miz is going to retain. Uh, you took John Cena. Or no, I took John Cena. You took Roman Reigns. I, yeah, I got Roman Reigns. And Roman. then you took Brock Lesnar. I took Braun Strowman. Hit us on Facebook, Hitting the Marks. Hit us on Twitter, Pod. Let us know. Which show would you rather watch? You want to watch Rick's shitty show? Or do you want to watch my amazing show? Which do you want to watch? God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, man. This was a lot of fun. We hope everyone else This was fun. It. We'll have to do this again. We'll, we'll, uh, if, if people like this show, we'll, uh, maybe we'll do the, another one for Hell in a Cell and leading up into Survivor Series. Let us know what you think. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya. Show.